The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. I'm very pleased to welcome today's guest. He's located in Maricopa, Arizona. He runs the nation's third-largest sheriff's office. He's known as America's toughest sheriff. He's known for his innovative and controversial practices. It is Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Welcome, sir. Yeah, it's really Maricopa County. There is a town, believe it or not, called Maricopa. Oh, really? Okay, Maricopa uh, County. Which is in Pinal County, but... Uh, I'm the sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona, which has, uh, that we know of, 4 million people. 4 million people. Over 7,000 square miles, so it's probably the fifth largest uh, county in the country. Huge, huge area. Well, before telling you more about Sheriff Arpaio, let me introduce you to my co-host. Hosting this week's program is private investigator and immediate past president, of the California Association of Licensed Investigators, Jim Zimmer. Jim has been a private investigator for 27 years, licensed by the state of California, worked over 10,000 cases, some are high profile, some are misconduct of government officials, oh, gosh, locating all kinds of witnesses, defendants, heirs and birth parents, surveillance and undercover work, trademark infringement. He's born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, graduated from Penn State, where he was on the dean's list. He's a certified professional investigator, a two-term past president of the California Association of Licensed Investigators, past president and advisory board member of the Probation Community Action Association, a group that develops and funds programs for at-risk youth and needy families, and he's second vice president for the National Council of Investigation and Security Services. He's also a member of the California Restaurant Association, National Association of Legal Investigators, and Intelnet. But my featured guest... Sheriff Joe Arpaio, I'm not pronouncing it, it's Arpaio, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good Italian okay. name. Good Italian name, okay. Sheriff Joe Arpaio has been the top cop in Maricopa, Maricopa County, Arizona, for almost 18 years. He served in the U.S. Army. He also served five years as a police officer in Washington, D.C., and Vegas, Las Vegas. Then he became a federal, federal narcotics agent where he infiltrated drug organizations all the way from Turkey to the Middle East to Mexico to Central America, South America, and all over the United States. He built a reputation for fighting crime and drug trafficking around the world, really. And he, his reputation as a tough lawman, along with his expertise 
and many successes moved him to the top in the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, top management positions. Then he retired from the DEA in 1992 and was at that time the head of Arizona's DEA office. He ran for sheriff in Maricopa County and was elected in 1993, and he is serving an unprecedented fifth term. No sheriff has even served three terms in Maricopa County, and he's on his fifth. His innovative practices have become legend. Please join me in welcoming Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Sheriff, some of our listeners will be interested in how you came to work first for the DEA and something about your career there. Well, I uh, I joined the Army the day the Korean War broke out. I can mm-hmm. tell you uh, how young I am. Yeah. And served three years in the Army. Uh, th- and then I became a police officer. By the way, you, you're in the private investigator business. Uh, when I was discharged, I went to New York, uh, New York Institute of Criminology, uh, a private school, and uh, but I did work for Pinkerton uh, just uh, part time, and then I got the job as a Washington uh, cop, DC cop. Uh, Interesting. What kind of work did you do as a PI? Probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. It was a part time <laughs> job, so I think I did a little surveillance. Uh, but uh, uh, I was a cop in Washington, D.C., walked a tough beat, black beat, 14th and U, and then uh, led off the inauguration uh, the second time for President uh, Eisenhower, and I met the sheriff coming in from Vegas uh, with his posse, and uh, he talked me into going into Vegas, so I flew down there. I, took, uh, I didn't even have to take a test, joined the uh, Vegas Police Department, the city police at that time, and mm-hmm. Locked up Elvis, and uh, and then six. I was there six months, and I was fortunate to uh, get the uh, federal agent job with the Bureau of Narcotics, which is now called the Drug Enforcement uh, Administration. Did a lot of undercover work in Chicago. They sent me to Turkey. I was the only uh, federal agent in uh, Turkey in the Middle East, and then. Uh, Went to San Antonio as agent in charge, and on and on and on. But I was a regional director in Mexico City uh, for four years, and had offices in Panama, Argentina. And I can go on and on. But you were those offices you were in charge of. Yeah, well, but but yeah. I bring that up because uh, you know uh, this is a hot spot right now. Mexico is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I was head of the DEA in Texas, so I covered that border. Head of the DEA in Arizona. Uh, where I retired and uh, covered that border. So I think I know where Mexico is. Most politicians uh, talk about it. They wouldn't know how to get there. So, yeah. But yeah. nobody asked my opinion anyway uh, on my previous uh, assignment. But that's okay. That's an amazing career, Sheriff. Uh, going back to Turkey, I just uh, it's hard for me to even imagine uh, you being an Italian-American uh, running the office in Turkey. How does that work? Well, uh, they're not very smart, these dope peddlers. I mean, I, I poses everything uh, when I worked undercover in the boondocks there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was I did a pretty good job when I did the undercover work in Chicago. I bought off of every ethnic background. I didn't have to have a black agent uh, to uh, buy off of blacks. I used to do it myself. So uh, I don't think that makes a big difference what your background is if you know how to work undercover and you uh, don't give up, uh, you can do it. I I bought off of cops. Uh, 
in fact, I, I, I'm so confident I could buy a dope uh, in a police uniform. But uh, so really, it's a, I don't know. I, I'm sure your guests uh, and you probably know a little about undercover work. So uh, it's an exciting uh, job to go undercover. Dangerous. Uh, well, up in the hills of Turkey, <laughs> Mexico, it is. It is a little uh, dangerous. But I've I've had gun battles every time in Turkey, which is like two or three times a month. I used to have gun battles, but that's the way it goes, and I survived. Well, you infiltrated so many um, drug trafficking entities. So do you have anything you could tell us about? Any stories you could tell us? Oh, I could tell you a lot of. So I have a book. Uh, uh, Joe's Law. So in that book, I go uh, into a lot of the uh, cases that I work. Uh, I have another book, uh, 1996, uh, America's Toughest Sure. So I kind of detail some of the exciting uh, stories uh, uh, in Turkey, in Mexico, in the United States. I was kidnapped in Washington, D.C. when I was head of the uh, federal drug enforcement, uh, taken out of dirt road and uh, had an agent locked in a trunk, uh, which I usually did in Turkey to, in case I need help, uh, you know, to make a, they call it a buy and bust. Uh, but they, uh, they're going to rip uh, me off. Can you explain what that is? Well, that's when you don't pay for the drugs. You show, uh, you show the money, uh, and the minute they bring the drugs, you arrest them versus uh, making a buy, let it ride, and then go back again and again. So... You know, when you're making a ton of uh, opium uh, negotiation, which I did in Turkey, that's a lot of money. I didn't have much money. The feds uh, in those days uh, did not uh, have much money, believe it or not. Uh, so when they deliver the drugs, uh, you have to pull your gun. You have to arrest them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in Turkey, uh, I didn't have much support from the police. So it's pretty dangerous when you have to arrest 18, 19 guys with rifles bringing opium to you and, uh, uh, to you, and then you know you have to arrest them. You can't and, let it ride. So. And Sheriff, you were the only one there? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Amazing. old days. Now we have uh, agents all over the world, but uh, no, that was the, uh, was the only agent. And uh, I lived in Istanbul, but I traveled everywhere in the, in the country, did some work in Iraq, or, you know, all those other Middle East uh, countries. But my job was the French Connection. That's where all the French Connection originated because that's where they grew the opium and the morphine base and transferred it to uh, Marseille where they converted it into heroin and then to the uh, mob, I hate to say mafia, but that's what it used to be uh, in Chicago and New York. That was called the French uh, Connection. You know, Sheriff, we have a caller, I believe, um, if he's on the line. Toby, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, this is Toby Boggs from Fresno, California. Did you have a question for the Sheriff, Toby? Well, actually, I had uh, compliments to Joe, man. I, I respect you and what you've done and uh, Tense and uh, Baloney for the bad guys. Well, you know, I joined the Army, and uh, what do you, I lived in tents. Our, our men and women are living in tents fighting for our country. So what's wrong well, with uh, uh, inmates living in tents? I put those tents up in 1993, Korean War tents, free, and they've been there ever since. Well, I agree, and uh, I spent some time in those tents because I was in the Army, too, and uh, it's good for me, it's good for them. Well, yeah, I get a lot of heat. It gets to be 138 degrees in the summer. Uh, so well, I can tell you this. When I was uh, in Iraq, it was 124 degrees one mm-hmm. day, and I was wearing body armor and a chemical yeah. suit, and uh, 
it's not that bad. Well, you the MA, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's hotter, but the inmates they only wear pink underwear and uh, striped uniforms, so they just you know stop complaining. They're all convicted. I only put the convicted people in the tents. We need Absolutely. to take a break, folks. We need to take a break. You're listening to the Arizona's Sheriff Joe Arpaio. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Joe Arpaio has been talking about his career with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA. And, Sheriff, we were discussing the time you were uh, infiltrating uh, drug trafficking in Turkey. How long were you actually with the DEA, totally? Well, it was uh, 26 years. Uh, Actually, I think at the beginning of the show, you said I retired in 1992 and ran for sheriff. I actually retired uh, from DEA. I was head of the DEA in Arizona in 1982. So I had a break in law enforcement. I had 50 years, but I joined my wife uh, in business for 10 years. Uh, ran a travel business, never got a free ticket, so I ran... uh, (laughs) for sheriff in 1992, so I beat the incumbent. I'm a Republican. Uh, it was a Republican primary, and then uh, keep getting reelected. Well, you've uh, been there now, I think, about eight, almost 18 years? 18. Uh, my sixth term will end in a couple of years, so just for spite, uh, I'm running again in Are you? 2012. Yeah. For you. Do you have any opponents? Yeah, I got a few, you know, but I do okay. I raise a lot of money already for the campaign. But everybody's zeroing in on me, the Justice Department, uh, you know, civil rights, criminal, everybody's. uh, But that's been going on for years and years. When you're um, high profile, you do what you feel is right for the people you serve. You got some critics out there, some people that don't like it. But still, it's funny, everybody wants my endorsement with all this federal investigations hanging over me. so I've been traveling around the country uh, helping people get elected. Sure. Well, that's great. Good for you. Well, I'd like to talk about uh, some of the programs that you've put in place in your county. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at your website. You have so many things going on, and I'm sure there's some ideas that you have that you haven't even implemented yet. But talk to us a little bit about your civilian posse program. Well, you know, I go way back. I'm a senior citizen. I used to watch Roy Rogers and all the cowboys, the sheriffs. They always had a posse. So I built a posse here in Maricopa County, up to almost 3,000 people. Uh, I just formed an illegal uh, immigration enforcement posse. I got the Hulk and uh, Seagal, and I guess I got some high-profile guys that uh, joined, too. Uh, but uh, I train them. Uh, I swear them in. Uh, they have authority uh, under the state law, the Constitution. Uh, if I mobilize them, they can make arrests. I'm not talking about reserves. We have reserve program, too. These are volunteer from a, every occupation you can think of. So mm-hmm. I have about 500 armed. like mm-hmm. to get more than that. Uh, and uh, they do great. We go after hookers and uh illegals and uh, deadbeats, and uh, they help our uh, deputy sheriffs. Uh, They furnish their own equipment. I have 35 airplanes at my disposal, Uh, and uh, I can go with computers and uh, horse-mounted posses, search and rescue. Uh, You know, I can go on and on. So I use the volunteers, uh, the public, to help me uh, fight crime. It's amazing, and they, they do, um, besides what you mentioned, they do traditional police work like transporting prisoners, 
traffic yeah. control. Yeah. Um, right now I have them at the malls uh, okay. there uh, for the holidays. 1993, there was violence at the malls. So I call out the posse. So every year we have the posse with the uh, patrolling the malls, uh, you know, to keep the crime down and act as a deterrence. We use the horses and, uh, you know, cars, but they pay for everything. Well, what's so exciting to me is that it gets your citizens involved. It certainly helps your budget. And um, you have more coverage than you would with your regular police staff. Well, that's right, because I can mobilize uh, a 1,000 volunteers uh, in an hour if I had to. Really? Yeah, because uh, they all report to me. They can only function under my uh, uh, jurisdiction, my authority. Uh, so it's a great savings when they pay for everything. We don't pay. Sure. They're paying for the airplanes. Great to have that at your disposal as well. So uh, exactly. it's, uh, I'm big on volunteerism, and uh, the policy is an example of what people can do to help fight crime. And what kind of training are they required to have? Well, the posses that we armed uh, go through the same uh, 60 hours of training uh, with the weapons. Uh, those that don't, uh, we give them two weeks of training on traffic control and that type of thing. Okay. Uh, we, of course, we background. I mean, we you know we check them out just like we do our own uh, deputies. So we really haven't had that many problems with the posse. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to arrest deputies or detention officers. We haven't really come across any big problems with our uh, volunteer force since I've been the sheriff. Well, I'm looking at your uh, information here on your civilian posse program. Under the mission specific, it says cold case posse, communications, crime prevention, cyber, dares posse. Or I guess that's at the drug part. Is that dares? Yeah, I got rid of that. We have our own program. Got rid of that several years ago. Okay. So we have our own drug programs uh, in the jail which, uh, you know, conforms with what's going on here. Uh, the D.A.R.E. program has always been national, and you have to kind of concentrate on what they say. So we uh, we do our own. Okay, and then you have uh, a, a diver's posse, uh, emergency response, mm-hmm. medical rescue, um, yeah, ranger we, posse, yeah, we got assignments. Yeah, we got diving uh uh, policies. Of course, search and rescue traditionally has always been the policies that sheriffs uh, usually use when they do have policies is search and rescue. But I, uh, boy, I went to uh, digress from just that and use the posse, as I said, uh, armed posse and patrol, and uh, they patrol uh, unincorporated areas. I got two, three hundred out uh, in Sun City, Sun City West, which are retirement uh, communities. It's not a city; it comes under me. So why not use uh, posse's to do the patrol? Mm-hmm. And have you got? Have you received any flack from other agencies in your state or uh, civilians about operating this kind of a uh, program? Well, I don't think they like it when I come into the city of Phoenix on my crime suppression, arresting <laughs> people, especially illegal immigrants, and when I send the posse in, too. But uh, you know what? I'm the sheriff of the whole county. I've been elected by the people, so I, I don't know if these chiefs would vote for me. 
maybe they because you know they have to report to city managers and councils and mayors, so their hands sometimes are restricted. My hands are not restricted. I just report to the uh, people. Right. And uh, under patrol support, you have enforcement support posse. So they're actually backup for the patrol officers? Well, enforcement support, that we call it that, uh, they support uh, on different programs. Uh, so we have a specialized posse uh, uh, just for that. Uh, uh, it's a big uh, section of our policies because we do many things. We uh, raise money. We, we, we get many toys. We just uh, dispense a lot of toys to the kids. Uh, we do uh, drug prevention. So it's not just uh, going on the streets under that policy. But those we have about 60 policies. I just formed number 60, as I mentioned, a uh, immigration enforcement policy so i'm sure that that took up a lot of uh, publicity and mm-hmm. uh, controversy you know oh you're sending the vigilantes in the desert with your guns arresting illegals uh this is awful and so on but hey a lot of that is hype has any other county implemented your model well, I don't know. We have sure sometimes they come down, especially when it's snowing in the East Coast, come down to visit the tents. Uh, I've had four presidential candidates uh, visit me in the tents running for president, uh, Governor Wilson, California, and uh, McCain, and uh, Dole, if you remember Senator Dole, and Phil Graham of Texas, all running for president. Sure. Uh, of course, they never win when they visit me in the tents. Try to get Hillary here a couple of years ago. She was smart. She's not coming to the uh, tents. <laughs> so it is uh, a lot of people come to see the tents uh, uh, and our programs in the jail, uh, our chain gangs. Uh, I started a male chain gang about uh, 13 years ago. Okay. And since I'm an equal opportunity incarcerator, I uh, started a female chain gang, which is the only one in the history of the world. No one has ever hooked women together. And I put them on the streets, the main streets, so everybody can see them. And what, and what do they do on the streets? How, do, how does that work? Clean up trash. Okay. And um, I changed the uniforms from the green and blue um, type to uh, kind of uh, look like uh, doctors or nurses or in the orange. I think that's an insult. So I went back to the old-fashioned uh, black and white stripes. The pink underwear uh, is known around the world. Uh, millions of pairs have been sold to raise money for our posse. Is that uh, pink underwear both for males and females? Yes. So okay. I, I put all the inmates in pink underwear. All right. And um, the official reason is when they checked out of jail, you look under their belt and you see a white pair of underwear, but they got about two, three other pairs, and they were smuggling out and selling it on the on the streets, so I figure if you put them in pink, nobody wears pink. You know, it's our underwear they're smuggling out. So that's the official reason. The other official reason is they hate pink. Right. Well, they may like it where you're at, but they don't like it down here. So why would you give them a color they like? Took away their uh, porno. Uh, I got sued on that. Went to the Supreme Court, won that. Took away their coffee. Took away their salt. Took away their movies. Took uh, uh, took just about everything away. And uh, still surviving, still surviving with all that, these uh, so-called tough uh, policies. And now you sell the pink underwear to raise 
uh, money for your program. Posse sells the underwear. Sometimes I'll uh, go to functions and sign it, uh, but that uh, money goes to the uh, volunteer posse uh, for our Youth Assistance Foundation where we help kids out and also uh, to buy gas for their cars and help out on enforcement. Okay. We need to take another break, Sheriff. Do you want to hear more from Sheriff Joe Arpaio? Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declass. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My co-host, private investigator Jim Zimmer, and I am speaking with Sheriff Jorah Pyle, known as 
America's Toughest Sheriff. Uh, Jim, I know you had some questions for the sheriff. Please go ahead. Sure, Francie. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. And uh, greetings to Sheriff Arpaio. Uh, after five terms here, and you're telling us this morning that the bell is going to ring again for you in 2012, <laughs> you're 78 years old. What keeps you motivated to keep coming back? Geez, you had to give my age, but that's okay. <laughs> I get all those uh, senior citizen votes. Uh, what motivates me, I work 14 hours a day. Maybe I uh, drank a lot of olive oil when I grew up. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I don't surrender. And uh, what else is there to do? I, I don't have any hobbies. Uh, I've been working my whole life, most of well, it in law Some people have speculated that maybe you would be interested in running for another office, like governor someday. Well, I, well I, I'm not going to be egotistical. Everybody knows I could have run throughout the years and been the governor. Why would I want to be the governor? Governor, uh, I have more authority than a governor does. Uh, governors have to worry about legislation and legislators and all that. I just report to the people, but that's been my life. Sheriff, you mentioned that you have your own drug program in uh, Maricopa Maricopa County, and Mm -hmm. with all the media reports that we hear uh, about the murder and violence in the border towns of Mexico and spilling over into the U.S., are we losing this war on drugs? Well, it's been there for many, many years. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy, if you remember him, in fact, he's got his own show, but uh, he and I, under President Nixon, started a program, Operation Intercept, at the border. The president was angry uh, with Mexico. We didn't we didn't uh, close the border, but we searched every car and got one marijuana cigarette. And just by uh, unfortunate or fortunately, I took over. They hated us, but we we got along. So you do have a big problem: the two thousand mile border. I get a little concerned at all these politicians and uh, everybody saying we must secure the border, secure the border first. Why don't they say we should lock up illegals that are already in the uh, in this country, which I do. I'm the only law enforcement guy going raiding uh, private businesses, going in there and arresting uh, people here illegally. Most of them have false identification. Uh, we're the only ones enforcing the state uh, smuggling laws where we grab the... Uh, smuggler plus the co-conspirators and lock them up and you arrest the employers as well the employers that's 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 the employer sanction law it's a very weak civil law i think we only got three very difficult to prove they knowingly intentionally hired but while we're in there we do arrest all the workers that are here illegally but the majority have committed class four felonies which are uh stealing people's uh, identifications. At least we uh, do something in that workplace. Sheriff, you have a lot of supporters, a few detractors. Uh, In terms of the recidivism rate in your county, uh, two questions. How does it compare with uh, other areas of the country, and is it a fair measure of success? Well, that's a tough one. I I haven't had any studies on recidivism other than the uh, drug prevention program, uh, that we started uh, several years ago. Uh, we did follow the uh, people that got out that went through that program. Only about 15% have uh, come back. And when you look at recidivism, look at drugs, you know, the, uh, many, many people are in prisons and jails because of drugs or drug-related crime, maybe 60%. And as far as uh, the county here, uh, uh, we probably compare to uh, everywhere else recidivism. 
but the crime uh, has gone down, according to uh, everybody bragging about it, that it's gone down uh, 19%. Of course, they never say that my office started enforcing the <laughs> illegal immigration laws and going into cities and locking people up, and uh, many of them are leaving because they fear uh, this bad sheriff. They, uh, every day they're in front of my building for two years calling me every name in a book. So that's pretty good to... Uh, all these demonstrators, I had Sharpton, the Reverend, come down and tell me I should resign, and it was great because he led 10,000 against me. And uh, when I go to California and give speeches, they always have two, 300 demonstrators against me. But this is good. I like it. Most politicians would worry. I like it. It builds up my polls and gets me stronger out there. I suspect, Sheriff, you measure your success by how many detractors you have. Well, you know what? I, uh, you got to have thick skin, but I'm human like uh, everybody else. They call me a racist. I'm being, I'm being investigated by the Department of Justice for my guy's racial, allegedly racial profiling. They don't know what they're talking about. We know what we're doing. We don't racially profile, but they come after you from all different directions because I'm elected and they can't get rid of me. Uh, so... It's it's sad in a way. Here I spent, what, almost 30 years with the feds, risked my life, and now they're all investigating me because I'm doing my job mm-hmm. as the elected sheriff. So it is sad, but I'm not going to go away and stop. I go, every time they blister me, I go out double. Why, why should I uh, stop? Because you believe in what you're doing. Well, I believe in enforcing the law. If there's mm-hmm. a law there... It should be enforced. Uh, it, it is a political, economic, uh, diplomatic, law enforcement problem. But nobody wants to take it on. All you hear is talk, 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 uh, especially at the border. So we have to secure the border before we do anything else. Well, you know, you violated the law when you came across the border. So you've got a lot of violators roaming around the interior of the United States. Yes, that's true. And many of them now are involved. We did 19,000 pounds of uh, seizures of uh, drugs in a certain valley of this county. And the majority uh, were transporting uh, uh, the the marijuana were illegals. Mm -hmm. So now you got the connection. you got the illegals uh, now being involved in the drug traffic, too. That nobody sure. seems to talk about. Well, Sheriff, let's let's talk a few minutes about some of the programs that nobody ever hears about. And one that I was interested in, because I have two dogs and a cat, is your your pet program, your MASH program. Well, we uh, about five years ago, they were uh, killing cats at a certain area in Phoenix. Nobody would do anything, so I sent my pet posse down there, and I decided to... Uh, form a special detective unit just to go after animal cruelty. At the same time, uh-huh. the inmates were destroying one of our older jails, the only air-conditioned jail we had. So I kicked them all out, threw them in the tents. I had a building, so why not put the dogs uh, in, a, in the cells uh, in this air-conditioned uh, building that have been abused? So uh, I also have a cat section. and The horses don't fit in the cells, so we put them <laughs> in the tents. So I'm very active in arresting anybody that abuses animals, whether they're cops or whatever. I don't give them a ticket. I put them in pink handcuffs and uh, book them into the uh, jail. So I'm very, uh, very active in animal cruelty. We've had a 
dog that we just got adopted out doing eight and a half years in the jail because uh, we could not get the dog adopted out. We don't euthanize. So uh, that's our program. Uh, what does MASH stand for? Well, Sienna, you know, I don't even like that name. My guys gave that name. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, that's a tough... That's a tough question. I forgot what it stands for. Okay. It's animal. Okay. They came up with this. It's animal cruelty or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to change that name one day, but I can't because we raise a lot of money uh, using that name. But the point is, uh, this is our animal cruelty unit, and we keep the animals. They call it Mash. Uh, probably goes back to the old TV series in our jails behind bars. As long as it takes, uh, as I say, we don't euthanize. Right. And uh, and uh, we have the female inmates take care of them. It's a two-way street. They get to love the animals in, in both ways. Uh, so it's good therapy for the inmates. The food uh, costs a dollar a day to feed the dogs. It's gone up in our jails now. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's about uh, 40 cents a day. Uh, to feed the inmates. So I always say it costs more to feed the dogs and the inmates, which is true. Interesting. So that's my animal cruelty uh, program. Well, then tell us about, you have a lot of youth prevention, youth violence prevention programs. We have uh, the drug program. We have religious programs. We have uh, uh, other, uh, you know, other programs, uh, nice programs in a jail, uh, uh, we go after uh, those that don't pay their child support. I usually do it on uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and we put them on a command center on a main mall so all the TV can film them. And then we book them into the uh, jail. People should be paying their uh, child support. Uh, so we have uh, alcohol uh, prevention, drug prevention, uh, nice programs that nobody talks about. We have uh, organs. We sign up uh, ten thousand people to for give or, up their for or, organ donation. Uh, that's right. We okay. have uh, uh, a program which is somewhat controversial, but nobody will talk about it. Every there's a law, selective service, eighteen to twenty-five. You should sign up for the selective service. Five years you can get, uh, but nobody enforces that law. But I signed up. Uh, about 15,000 illegal aliens under that law because the law says illegal aliens. They didn't even know about it in Washington. All right. I want to talk about this some more. We need to take a commercial break. Um, back in just a few. News. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, Radio to Thrive By. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Pastor Arpaio has been telling us about his innovative ideas about how he runs his county, his jails, his programs. And I just want to pass on for those listeners that might be interested, if you're interested in getting the pink underwear from Maricopa County uh, Jail Facilities, it is www.pinkunderwear.com, and the proceeds to that go to their volunteer posse program. And Sheriff Joe was just, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio was just telling us about um, he has a Twitter He's really uh, advanced here, Twitter, Twitter called The Real Sheriff Joe, and he also has about 100,000 followers on Facebook. That's amazing. Um, you were just talking about uh, your youth prevention, uh, violence prevention programs, um, and it looks like, uh, what is the STARS program? Well, that replaced our, uh, the other drug program, the DARE program. Oh, I see. That's the drug program. Yeah, then okay. Now we uh, have a shortage of uh, officers that go into the schools, so we're using video, uh-huh. uh, that STARS program. And uh, 
uh, I got rid of dare, as I said, because uh, we have to uh, adjust the uh, the, the uh, programs as what the problem is locally. Sometimes you'll have a school that has a meth problem, or you may have one with a heroin problem or cocaine. So we concentrate uh, as what's going on here versus a national uh, dare program. And what is the uh, 21st Century Youth and Community Theater? Community Theater, what is that one? Where it's you get listed that? on your website under Crime Prevention. 21st Century? Uh-huh. Never heard of that. Okay. Somebody's stuck with it on you, Sheriff. to check that one out. It sounds okay. like a science fiction <laughs> you have, program. Uh, you have a Sheriff's Youth Boxing Team? Oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have a program for the kids, the underprivileged kids. Like I say, most of our money on the underwear goes to help the kids. Oh, that's great. And then, you know, I, I was interested in your uh, Deadbeat Parent Hall of Shame mm-hmm. and uh, where you list, and this is unusual, at least from a California perspective, it's unusual to list all the deadbeat uh, parents, the date of, um, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, amount they owe. And have a profile on each one of them on your website, including their photograph and their statistics, date of birth, and so forth. Well, you see, we used to film everybody booked into our jail, which was like 300 a day. I had a company out of New York, did it for nothing. So anybody arrested was on worldwide uh, TV, video. Uh, and then uh, through some, the company went out of business. There was a couple lawsuits. That's not why I dropped it. So I went into the the next day, just showing the mug shot. So everybody arrested. If you go to www.mcso.org, that's our web. If you want to know in California who's been arrested here, just uh, tune in. You'll see maybe somebody you know. So yes, I see that you've got all their mugshots mm-hmm. listed with all their their statistics. Mm-hmm. So that helps the private uh, investigators. Absolutely helps the media. But I've been doing that for years. Sometimes I'll uh, have just a special area for certain crimes. But uh, we've been doing that for years. I think I started it about uh, eight years ago. So well, I uh, that, that helps out. And I saw something that was called inmate, or the, I'm sorry, crime of the week. Do you have something big going on? You list it. Yeah, we do that on our web. You can do so many things uh, on the web these days to uh, educate the public. And like the media, they're happy. They don't have to wait for the photo. They can just take it off our uh, website when they want somebody to be, uh, you know, publicized, uh, committed a crime. So uh, that's another innovation. We have signs. Uh, on our vans, of course, the big ones are, if you know anything about illegal immigration, called Joe Arpaio. So that roams around the street. That makes certain activists very angry. Mm-hmm. We have a hotline. Uh, I think uh, 8,000 people have called in uh, to give us information on illegal immigration. Uh, so we use our vehicles to uh, publicize our programs, too, whether it's fugitives or uh, deadbeats or illegal immigration or drugs? Well, one of the programs that I really liked uh, was your sex offender online registration. That's a fabulous idea. Yeah, we do that, too. Uh, Once again, it's all there to educate the people and uh, uh, good intelligence, uh, too, to pass along. Absolutely. And uh, I run an open-door policy. I let media into the jails and tents. They can talk to anybody they want. I don't care. 
uh, let them say what they want. So I don't keep people out of the jail, the media, or if you come down here, you want to visit the tents or jail, be my guest. So I, I have an open door policy. That, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. And, and uh, you have also a, kind of a newsletter that people can subscribe to and find out what is happening with the county and the jails and breaking news and all that. Well, we have a in-house uh, newsletter that we put out every quarter. Uh, we don't usually send it out to try to, you know, save some money, but I guess we can put it on a web. I don't know if we're doing that. Yeah, I but think But you don't uh, have it. You just go to our web, and you'll see the oh, whole see. history, okay. mcso.org. Uh, you'll see uh, everything we're doing. And uh, what... What do you see the direction of law enforcement, Sheriff? You well, you know, I, I started out as a cop. Uh, I see it's very, very difficult these days uh, when you have video, uh, what's these, telephones, they take pictures. Uh, uh, and it's tough on the street for the cops. Uh, you never know what you're going to be filled. Not that they're doing anything wrong, but sometimes uh, you can't rely strictly on what people film. So it's so open these days uh, in law enforcement. And, of course, uh, well, they got tasers now and flashlights and uh, radios. When I was a cop, I had a thirty-eight. <laughs> I had a, <laughs> a, a nightstick and, uh, and handcuffs. That was it. That was about it, huh? Boy, it's a tough, uh, tough with this high tech and everything going on. And there are people that uh, don't like law enforcement, so it's a tough job. Well, it's certainly a very tough, tough job, and you've... You've been in some uh, just incredible, tough situations all over the world. Well, you know, my third one will be uh, America's oldest sheriff, so they think they're going <laughs> to get rid of me. I got news for them. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't bet against you for a minute. <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's a good job. And it's the best job I've had, and you know my background all over the world. But the, you know why it's the best job? Because I'm elected. I can do things in 24 hours and forget the bureaucracy. So that's, that's why it's a good job. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you, Thank Sheriff. you. Thank yeah. you, Sheriff Joe Arpaio and Private Investigator Jim Zimmer for providing us such an interesting program today. If you're interested in knowing more about policing policies in Maricopa County, Arizona, Go to the website that Sheriff the Sheriff mentioned at www.mcso.org. If you'd like to contact Jim Zimmer, his information can be found in the title today's show. Meet Sheriff Joe Arpaio at picdeclassified.com. My featured sponsor for today is PI Museum, located in San Diego, California. PI Museum is the result of a museum curator, Ben Harold's 40 years collecting artifacts of detectives, spies, and private eyes. You will find many interesting and unusual items at www.pimuseum.org. And if you'd like to participate financially to support this important not-for-profit project and preserve this heritage, please click on the tab entitled Future on the PI Museum website. Next week's guest is Jakob Lapid. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It could be Lapid, a premier private investigator from Israel, and he will talk about conducting investigations throughout the world. Tune in as we declassify more real stories from real investigators every Thursday morning 
noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's P.I.'s Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.